to think of trying to give someone an appropriate gift or response. Imagine trying to do that for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We just sang about that, that I, I have nothing else fit for a king. You go, well, my praise isn't fit either. Well, it's all he's asking. And I love the line in there where it says, you've got a lion inside of you. Because I think way too many of us are acting like all we've got is a kitten. We might meow or purr slightly, but we almost never roar. We almost never prowl for his sake. Part of my prayer in the last several weeks has been that some of you would discover the lion that he has created for you and in you. Because, you see, if you're following Christ, if you've made a decision to accept him as your personal savior, then he's in you. And if he's in you, he is the lion of Judah. So you do have a lion in you. You do have the ability through his strength, not yours, to do anything and everything he requests of you. Everything he commands for you. You do have a lion in you. What we're looking at this morning for some of you, it's going to take that lion because this is so far out of your comfort zone. But it's the truth. I taught somewhat on this subject yesterday. Our district, Northwest Illinois district for the church of the nazarene had our annual team day it's a, a day of training and the training is for anyone and everyone it's not designed just for pastors and leaders it's designed for anybody and i taught a session they asked me to teach a session on evangelism sharing the gospel and in doing that and in blending that into this message i started my seminar this way i said hi my name is Denny, and I struggle to share the gospel sometimes. Because I think sometimes we need to just own that. I know I'm supposed to, but sometimes I don't. I know I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus. I don't always do it when the opportunity is there. Or after it has passed, you go, ah, oh, that was a shot. There was an opening. I could have done that. So this morning we're looking at in our theme of it's time that it's time to share the gospel. And I've already instructed our safety team and our ushers to make sure nobody leaves. So bear with me as we look through this. Trying to understand this whole concept and also we don't have time this morning but have you ever wondered why it is that God thought you should share it I have like seriously Matthew 28 the Great Commission verses 18 to 20 that 
he's called us to do this. And Acts chapter 1, where Jesus is informing the disciples before he goes back to heaven again. And he says, you will be my witnesses. He didn't say you might be, you could be, you ought to be. He said, you will be my witnesses. Well, I was thinking through that, and this fact came to me. We are always sharing something. We share by what we say, by where we go, ouch, by who we spend time with and what we spend our time on, double ouch. We share by what we do with our money and how we spend it. So let me ask you, what are you sharing by how you live? What is it that others see when they just watch you? We've been called and affirmed to share the gospel with others. So it's time to share the gospel. If you have your Bibles or your Bible on your devices or grab one of the Bibles under the seat. We're going to take a look at just a few verses in the Gospel of John in the New Testament. John chapter 3, and yes, it includes John 3.16. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 14. And let me just preface, there's a great reference here in verse 14 about the serpent being lifted up. You go back into the Old Testament, and when the the Hebrew nation was wandering around in the wilderness because they weren't being obedient before they got to the promised land. There was a plague that came through at one point, and to be saved from that, they had made a, a, an image of a serpent, lifted it up on a stick, and you were to look up at that, and if you did, then you were safe or saved from what was taking place. That's what's being referenced here, and it is connected to Jesus being on the cross, and they, we now look to him. The good news is we don't have to look to the cross because the cross is empty and so is the tomb. Because Jesus died, yes, but he rose again. So our vision should not be on those objects, but on the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, it says... As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. What an awesome realization. The gospel laid out right there in one verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, his only son, that whoever believes in him might have eternal, everlasting life. There's an old song we used to sing that said, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Interesting thing is, I think sometimes we took the truth of that song and expanded it 
to the fact that all we had to do was light up. We didn't have to speak up. We didn't have to change any behavior. We just had to light up. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, that's not true. The light needs to be there, Jesus Christ in us, but we're to live for him. And part of that living is sharing who he is and sharing the good news. And after all, we're so willing to share bad news or difficult news or news about other people. Let me just look on Facebook. Why not share some good news? In fact, the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. So we're taking a look at this, and I want to make sure we have an understanding, and we're going to follow a, a, some similar definitions here. So the first question, what is the gospel? Well, here's a simple definition of it. It is the good news of what Jesus has done and provided for every person. He got on the cross to pay for our sins. He went to the tomb to pay for our sins, but he rose again. It is presenting that good news that Jesus Christ already paid your penalty. Now, you have to accept it, but he's already paid it. He's already done that work for you. And so sharing the gospel is sharing the good news to people. And doesn't everybody want to hear good news? So why do we hesitate so often to share the good news? In fact, the interesting thing, when I was teaching on this yesterday, I asked a group that was in my session, I said, what are some reasons we don't don't share it and somebody said but they don't want to hear it and I didn't respond in that moment but last night and this morning I've just been marinating on that comment and I was like wait a minute what you're saying is there are people who don't want to hear good news now they may not want to hear what comes with it but there's nobody who doesn't want to hear good news they might argue with you about how it's planned out, who needs it, etc. But to share good news, we're so privileged and blessed in our country to be able to share that freely in most cases. Because there are all kinds of countries where you not only can't share it freely, you can be arrested or killed if you do. And the interesting thing is, there are people in those countries still sharing it. One of the people at Team Day was a missionary in one of those creative access areas where it's not legal to be a missionary, and there's still one. And they're sharing the good news. They've shared before about the fact that people have come to faith in Christ and wanted to get baptized, but they had to disguise it and hide it when they did it or they could be arrested or worse just for being baptized. We don't have that. We should be so much more out front and lions in sharing the good news that the world so desperately needs and I believe actually wants to hear. So what do you have to consider 
when you're going to share the gospel, when you're going to share this good news, what has to come into play? And one thing, it's not on your outlines at all, but one thing you have to consider is your own personality. And we often use that as an excuse. It's not an excuse, but it is understandable. Certain personalities are just more timid or, or shy or not as outgoing. And we sometimes then use that as an excuse that means God has excused us from doing it. But in reading the scriptures and the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and Jesus' statement in Acts chapter 1, there are no exceptions. It is you, meaning all of us, will be my witnesses. We all have that call. Are we all going to do it the same way in the same place and, and have the same role as we do it? No. But we all have a part to play, and it goes beyond just lighting our light. Because, you see, there are some people who want to know, what is that light? Why, why do you have that? I, I'm not, I, I don't have to tell you. I just have to light up. It doesn't generally work very well. So what do we do? What must we consider? One of the first things, and it's generally the first thing most people go to whenever they talk about sharing the gospel, and that is, what's your method? How do you do this? In other words, the, your method is how you present, share, tell the gospel once you've made a connection with someone. Now notice the ending of that statement in my definition. The method is not just how you know it it's how you share it when you've made a connection with someone standing on the street corner and shouting it is a method generally not effective i didn't say never effective just generally not effective and probably not many of us feel the call to go do that at least i haven't seen any of you out on a corner on a soapbox But what method do we use? In fact, for a lot of people, they say the reason they don't share it is they don't know a method to use. Well, I have great news for you if that's your issue. There are so many methods out there. Let me give you just a few, and you can Google these to get the details of them. One is simply called the Four Spiritual Laws. One of them that maybe more of you have heard before, if you've been in church for a while, is called the Roman Road. It's where you go into the book of Romans in the New Testament, and there are certain scriptures you, you use, and it creates a pathway, a road, to explain why you need the gospel, how to receive the gospel, and what that means. It's excellent. There's the ABCs of sharing the gospel. There's also one that I'd heard before but never called it anything. And at General Assembly this year, Jody and I went to a workshop and this guy shared it and went, that's awesome. He called it the seven-word testimony. But in looking up different versions of the Bible, it could be a six-word testimony, seven-word testimony, or eight-word testimony. It's pulled right out of John chapter 9, verse 25. Go look up John 9, 25 at some point. Not right now. It is... Where the man had been healed of his blindness and people were upset at Jesus for doing it because he didn't do it the way they should. Although I'm not sure what the appropriate method they thought was. 
but they then were questioning the guy who got healed about Jesus. <laughs> and what, what I love is at one point, and this is verse 25 of John chapter 9, he finally said, I don't know about him. He said, but this I know. And here's his testimony. I was blind, but now I see. Seven words. ESV says, I was blind, now I see. Six words. And I found another translation that it was eight words. They threw another one in there. All of us ought to develop that. I mean, as simple as, I was lost, now I'm found. I was an addict, now I'm free. I was, and now I'm... See, the method doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs to be real. It needs to be sincere. One of our pastors on our district who is one of the most enthusiastic followers of Christ I've ever known in my life. Her name's Lindsay Stockham. She followed Pastor Bob when he retired in Bloomington. She's the pastor there now. Amazing story. and I love her to death. Her whole thing... She did a thing on evangelism as well, and her thing was relational evangelism, but it basically came down to this. If you're not excited about Jesus, you're in trouble, and if you're excited about Jesus, tell, just tell people why you're excited about Jesus. That was her method. <laughs> I went, that's a pretty good method. So I guess we could add the Lindsay method. See, the method is important. But I don't think the method is near as important as this, and that is your mindset. Your mindset is how you think about, how you are burdened for, how you show and how you share the gospel in your relationships. How you think about, are burdened for, show and share the gospel in your relationships. And notice the connection to my definition of your method. Presenting the gospel to those you've made a connection to. Relationship. Your mindset is how you think about it. How you do it. How you're burdened for or not burdened. For those you have a relationship with. Our mindset matters, I am convinced, much more than our method and if you had to answer this question this morning, how would you answer it? My mindset, how is your mindset about sharing the gospel? Is it, yes, let's go do it? Is it, <laughs> is somebody else? Is it, well, if I knew a method, maybe. Is it, well, with certain people, but not everybody. I think we all need to take some time and get honest about that question. What's my mindset? Because regardless of your personality, if you're timid or if you're outgoing, if you're shy or if you just greet everybody you meet as if they're your long-lost friend, regardless of your personality, we need to develop the mindset that this matters. That it's important because the person 
you should share the gospel with is somebody Jesus died for. So how do we get this mindset? What do we do? Well, as I had gotten asked to share some stuff on this, and I just dove into John 3.16, came up with five words to have the right mindset, I believe, for sharing the gospel. So let's take a look at it. Now, before the five, though, there's actually something over that. No, it's not number six. This is the thing that goes over all of it. It's the umbrella over the whole thing. John 3.16 starts with two words. They are for God. That's the umbrella. Everything else comes under that. It needs to be for God first and foremost. In fact, everything we do needs to start there. It should be for God. As we live our life, each day needs to be for Him. As we work, it needs to be for Him. As we interact in our homes, it needs to be for Him. As we interact in our schools, our neighborhoods, wherever we go, it should be for Him, not for us. But here's the great news. If you're doing it for Him, He has your best interest in mind, so you get taken care of anyway. All of this comes under the for him. But then that verse says, for God so loved. For God so loved. That first word to develop the right mindset is the word love. We need to be motivated by love. God's love and ours. If you're not motivated by love, it's really not going to matter the rest of what you do. It won't be impactful or influential. It's got to be motivated by love. A little later this afternoon, I get to drive into Chicago to O'Hare. And, and I'm serious, I get to. The only reason I say that is because of why I'm going. I'm going to the airport to pick up my daughter-in-law and two of my grandkids arriving from Kenya. I'm excited, and I hate driving in Chicago. Why, does, why is this a get-to moment? It's because of how much I love those I'm picking up. The same thing should be true in our mindset for sharing the gospel. We should be motivated in that same way because of our love for Christ knowing his love for us and our love for everybody he has put in our path. Some of the people you love but don't like. I said it. None of you. Hopefully you're saying the same thing back. But motivated by that love because it's a soul who matters mattered enough that Jesus went to the cross for them. We should be motivated. Our mindset has to be driven by love. Secondly, notice what happens next. For God so loved that he gave. We need to give. Our mindset should be one of giving, of generosity. We looked a few weeks ago at having that it's time to live generously, but we need to give not just give, but give 
sacrificially, just like Jesus did when he went to the cross. He gave everything for us. And this is tied directly to the first step, which is love. Because you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You do understand that, right? If you love, you give. You give something. You give yourself. You give your time. You give your energy. You give your money if, if needed. You give whatever. When it's somebody you love and the doctor walks out and says, this is what's needed, but it's expensive. You go, well, whew, been nice knowing them. Or is it whatever it takes? I'll figure it out. That's the mindset we should have with those around us who we should be sharing the gospel with. Whatever it takes. Well, it could be expensive. Cost you some time. It's okay. It might cost you some comfort. For some of you, a lot of comfort. We've got to love, we've got to give, and we must believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him. So it has to be first, I believe in Christ, trusting him personally as my savior, but I also must believe that everybody needs to believe in him. got to believe that we've all been called to participate in evangelism, but you're not going to be motivated to do that unless you believe that everyone needs to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Not just be a good person, be a follower of Christ. Not just be kind, but follow Christ. Not just come to church, but follow Christ. Because it's possible to come to church and not be following him. It takes that belief. And I, I wonder how much of that belief we really have that everybody needs this. Because if we did, then number four would be automatic. And that's having a burden. You know, Where did you get that out of this verse? Well, look at the end of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If I believe that's true and I do, that ought to create a burden in me and on me for those who don't yet believe. Because they're lost without him. I was lost, now I'm found. There ought to be that burden. That burden should create some emotion. I don't mean tears, because not all of you are criers. My, my waterworks work well. Not everybody is due. That, that's not how we judge things. But it should matter. It should burden your heart and your soul when anybody you know has not yet accepted Jesus Christ. It ought to break your heart. It ought to create a burden in us and on us. It should produce something in us. 
for me, it's going to be tears as well as that fire. It says, so what do we have to do? Now what? To reach them for Jesus Christ. To show them that truth. We never... We must never forget that anybody who does not believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is lost for eternity. And all of this is driven through our relationships. Starting with our relationship with God, seeing His relationship with mankind. Now, if all you're going to do is create a relationship with somebody so that you can try to get them saved, you have skipped number one, which is to love them. If you're doing it for that reason, it's not going to work. It could be temporary, but not lasting. We've got to be driven by love under the for God, all of this, but we need to have those relationships. We need to be intentional about those. Not manipulating, not thinking of them as a product, but loving the person because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And to look at this in all of our relationships. I have a long list I pray through virtually every day. And Sunday mornings I go through an even longer list when I come in here walk around and where you're sitting has been prayed over this morning i didn't know for sure where you were going to sit some of you i did but i didn't know for sure who was going to be here but i prayed for that spot and part of my thing every once in a while the lord just pauses me when i'm walking around just stop right there and pray a little longer i have no idea why don't need to Sometimes your face comes up. Sometimes it's like, Lord, I don't know who might be sitting here or near here or who's going to be sitting here that they're connected to, but I'll pray anyway. We need to be seeking those relationships. And if everything comes under the for God, then everything needs to be built up from our prayer life. That's the foundation. We should be praying about this, all of it for God, and then everything in between. The loving, the believing, the giving, the burden, and the relationships. So let me ask you this morning, what's your mindset about sharing the gospel? You need some help with methods? Google those or give me a call. We'll talk. What's your mindset? How's your burden for those you're in relationship with? Are you motivated by love or just because the pastor preached on it? Do you personally believe? If not, start there. You can do that right now. And are you burdened for those who don't yet know? Burdened to the point that you're moved in your spirit, whatever that means for you. It's time. 
that we shared the good news, that we start the process, that we look at our relationships and wonder, do they know Jesus? To even ask that question as it's appropriate. To pray for them, to let them know we're praying for them, for whatever's going on in their life. It's time. And I'm not preaching this just to you. This one, I've said to you before, sometimes you've said to me, you said, man, that hurt, Pastor. That wasn't easy to sit through. I said, well, imagine soaking in it all week when it's coming right back at you. It's time to be more intentional and more interested in sharing the good news. Because the news is good. And people need to know that. Jesus, thank you today for the good news, for providing what we need for our own salvation, for providing plans that we can follow. Lord, I pray that you would light a fire in us. That for some, you would just fan into flame that that spark that's already there. And for others, Lord, you would start it up. That they would share this little light that they have. And Lord, may we just keep bumping into one another as we do it and see the flame get brighter and taller and wider as more and more people come to know you. And Father, may we do this only because you love us, we love you, and you have asked us to do this. Lord, may we do it for the right reasons, but may we do it starting now. Guide us in our plans this week. Guide us to be open to opportunities to see needs to hear hearts and to share that good news. Lord, as we go from here today, may you stir up the lion in us to be your followers sharing your news that is awesome. In Jesus' name, amen.